Hello, you're very welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the FinalWhistle.ie League of Ireland podcast. No, don't adjust your sets. This isn't Dean Sambra or Alan Keane for that matter. My name is Kieran Callan and I'm the new host and I'm really excited to be here for this season. They haven't left us. We're just going in a new direction this season and no doubt you'll see them during the course of the year. Here's what we have coming up on today's podcast. At Lone Town goalkeeper, Michal Schlegerman talks to us as he enters his 13th season in the league. Final whistle correspondent, Dear McCarney, talks to us and gives us a comprehensive preview of the Premier Division and the First Division. But taking us in to get us started is the newly appointed Drotty United captain, Dane Massey. I'm delighted to be joined by a man who needs no introduction when it comes to the League of Ireland, a very highly successful uh, individual who has won a plethora of uh, trophies while at his time as Dundalk, but now he is the captain of near neighbours, Drogheda United, uh, where he has been installed as captain for this season and was announced a couple of weeks ago. Dane, you're so welcome to the programme and thanks for coming on. No problem at all, Kieran. Thanks for having me on. Dane, the hard running is finished. How was pre-season for you? Yeah, it's been great. We um, it was a tough, tough six weeks, but um, finally we're into the first first week of the season. So really looking forward to Friday night now and and getting going. Really, um, there was uh, while much isn't read, you know, into preseason games, but you have had some good results. A draw against Derry and wins over Shelburne and and Dundalk in the Malone Cup. It's important, really, for a side like Drada, for any side really, to show uh, an early momentum of of winning, really. Yeah, um, pre-season results really don't matter. It's just about getting lads' minutes on the pitch, and we've managed to do that. And we haven't had many injuries over the pre-season, so which is great. And um, there's a, a real feel of competitiveness within the squad now, so everybody's chomping at the bit to get into the starting eleven. And um, as you said, look, it's it's vital that uh, you get off to a good start in the league because it could stand to you later on, which it did for us last year. You know, you captained the Dundalk side in 2020. You lifted the Malone Cup that night, and then two years later, you lifted in Drada. Was it a, for Drada United in Oriel Park as well? Was it a, a strange feeling? You know, this is probably the first time since all this COVID stuff happened that there was a big crowd at a at a, at a Malone Cup derby or a draw-headed and dog derby that you've been involved in. Was it weird coming back to Oriel Park and, and playing and playing for Drada, or did you just treat it as any other game? No, it was. Look, obviously, I spent um, eight great years at Dundalk and it was fantastic. But um, yeah, it was very strange. Like, as you said, it was the first time that there was a crowd back in Oriel Park and and um, I was captain of Drada. So I got a lovely welcome off all the fans. My parents go to all the games, all my games, and they got a lovely reception as well off all the locals saying hello. So um, as far as I was concerned, um, with no problems with any of the fans up there, they've been brilliant to me and my family. So um, look, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a glorified pre-season game. We beat them 2-1. We had a good performance. Um, a lot of changes in the game as well. But as I said before, we got a lot of lads' um, minutes, which was the most important thing. Um, well, wearing the captain's armband is something that you you have been used to before. You've you've won the captain's armband as a player. Being installed as club captain, it must be a massive honour for you. Yeah, it's huge. Massive honour for myself, Kieran. Um Kevin's put the fate in my hands now and, and um, it's something that I don't take for granted at all. Drogheda is a big club and uh, it's steeped in great history and um, I'm really looking forward to getting going this year, you know. But there's a lot of there's a lot of great experienced players in our squad. You have the likes of Gary Deegan there, Keith Cowan, Chris Lyons, Darren Markey. These are the sort of people that that don't really need an armband um, that express their views within the change room as well, which is exactly what we need. And um, I suppose I've just been the one chosen to lead the squad. But look, it's a massive honour, as you said. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to it. Just to touch on what you've just said there, you know, you've got, as you said, experienced players all around all around the park. Do you think that that's something that's important in modern football, that you've got players who lead the charge all around the pitch and not just the captain leading by example? It's It has to come from many players around the pitch. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have a great core of players there. Um, you know, you have Keith at the back, myself, Gary Deegan, Darren Markey, Chris Lyons. These are players that have played hundreds of games in the Premier. And then Kevin's obviously added to it with a lot of young lads. Um, really exciting talent coming up. And um, if we can guide them in any way through this season, um, we'll, it'll be in a very exciting draw to the team. 
you just touched on it there. There have been changes, as you said, both on and off the pitch. Firstly, Kevin Doherty coming in as manager while not getting into the ins and outs of the whole situation, but he's arrived in. You know, he got promoted from assistant manager to manager, if I'm not mistaken. And he's brought Dara Doyle, who managed previously managed Longford. What have they brought to the table that has been different this season, maybe compared to last year? Well, for starters, Kevin's enthusiasm. You know, he's he's um he's a young manager. Dara Doyle's his right hand man. Um, their sessions, their sessions have been excellent. You know, we've had very, very little injuries at uh, Touchwood, but um, they've been great. Um, they're enthusiastic, both of them. They've great ideas on how we're going to play and how we're going to defend against teams. So um, yeah, they're hungry to do well, and I'm sure. Look, their enthusiasm is just it's it's filling over into our squad, it's filling over into our squad, which is fantastic. Like everybody's everybody run through a wall for Kevin at the minute. He's that sort of person. Like he'd do anything for you, and that's what you want from your manager. You want an approachable manager, and you'd you'd want to do well for him. And um, I think he's exactly what we need at the minute. He's he's been excellent, I have to say. Um, while there have been departures to the squad, James Brown was one of the most notable. One key arrival, in my personal opinion, is that of Georgie Poynton. You know, he's a local lad in terms of Drogheda. Um, he's garnered an awful lot of experience by being at other League of Ireland clubs. You saw him at his time when both of you were at Dundalk. How has he developed as a player, in your opinion, from when you had him, uh, when you saw him first at Dundalk to now? Yeah, Georgie's come on leaps and bounds. Um, I think his time at Shelburne um, really developed. He played central midfield there and he's really comfortable on the ball. And I think he'd be playing on the right side um, for ourselves. So you can see he's more confident he has an opinion, he, like he's learning how to speak to people on, on and off the pitch, which is excellent. And I'm sure the way he was dealt with last year with his previous club, he has his bit, he has a bit of grip between his teeth there now and he really wants to do well this year. And it's especially for his hometown club himself and Ryan. I'm obviously leaving Shells and signing for Drada. They really want to do well and you can see the hunger of the two of them. And two fantastic lads to have as well. Uh, your first five games, a bit of a tricky opening tie away to Finn Harps. No one, like I know that it's the old cliche, no one likes going up to Finn Park, but you then got promoted sides, Shelburne and UCD, and then away to Shamrock Rovers. Getting points on the board from some of those games will be vital for you uh, to get off the season off to a great start. Yeah, exactly. Um, as I said before, having a, a good start is huge. It's massive. It's, it's massively important, especially for our squad. We have a young squad, so it's important that we get off to a good run. Finn Harps away. There's a lot of weather warnings now on Thursday night coming in, so we'll see how the pitch fares out. Hopefully it goes ahead. Um, it's always a tough place to go. Ollie always signs new players from outside the league, so you don't really know what you're up against until you're literally, the whistle goes. So, um, yeah, look, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a physical game, as it always is up there. But, um, look, we're chomping at the bit to get going and really looking forward to it. Um, and I'm sure it'll be a tight game, as it always is up there. Finally, um, are you looking forward to getting back on pro proper competitive action now on Friday night, now the preseason? So, the off-season, in my opinion, maybe it's because of everything that's gone on. It seemed a longer gap this year than usual. Yeah, it did. Um, and look, as you said, look, we can't wait to get going playing competitive fixtures. I know pre-season is great and all, but, uh, well, it's not really that great. <laughs> but uh, at least the runs have stopped. Um, once we can get into these competitive fixtures and get going again, get the head down for a couple of weeks um, and do well, it's 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 massive for our, our players and the squad, you know. Um, but look, everybody... Everybody wants to start in the starting eleven. We have competitive, we have competition all over our eleven, starting eleven, and we have a big squad. So everybody wants to play. So it's the hard parts up to Kevin out to pick eleven, and um, hopefully we do well. Listen, Dane, you're an absolute gentleman, and thanks for coming on to talk to us. And hopefully, I will see you very, very soon, either in United Park or or in a League of Ireland ground soon enough. Yeah, no problem, Kieran. Good to see you, pal. My next guest is the uh, 2021 uh, Athlone Town Player of the Year. Michal Schligerman uh, is our next guest on the podcast and he hopes to be part of an Athlone Town side to make an impact on this season's first division. Michael, it's great. Michal, it's great. I keep calling you Michael. Sorry, it's Michal Schligerman. <laughs> Michal, it's great to see you and you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys for having me. Not at all. Um, first question, uh, last season you were given the accolade of the 2021 Player of the Season. You must be absolutely delighted with that. 
Yeah, I suppose it was it was a good finish to um, I suppose maybe a disappointing end to the year in that we didn't kind of consolidate that playoff spot um, after a good start. But like you said, a nice accolade to get towards the end of the year. Um, always nice to be recognised by your fellow players as well within the club. Um, it, it, it sometimes means that little bit more when you receive that uh, that award. So like I said, um, getting to my age now, it's nice to pick up these awards. Uh, Paul Doolan departed as manager. He came in uh, last season. He's been replaced by Martin Russell. Um, he's arrived at the dugout at, at Athlone. A man of very high calibre and experience. What has preseason been like under him? Because I'm not too sure um, if you've crossed paths either as a manager or coach before this. Yeah, look, we would, I would have obviously played against Martin's teams quite a lot um, throughout the, over the years. Uh, you know, when he was in charge of UCD, then he was at Limerick and, and Bray. And I suppose when I actually left Sligo Rovers back in 2017, I went to train. I was hoping to sign for Martin at, at Bray, but obviously with all the restrictions that they were put under, um, it was actually, sorry, 2018, but with all the restrictions they were put under um, at the time, it just meant that I couldn't I couldn't sign. So um, that was unfortunate. So I have spoken to him before. I've dealt with him before. And um, I suppose I was, I was happy when, when he came in because we've had that, uh, we've had that relationship in the past. Um, three Dutch players arrived this week. Um, I'm, 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 I have the names here and I'm probably going to make an absolute hash of them, but you've got Johan van Graaijen, uh, Quincy Kinnisana and Yuri Harbing. Um, how have they settled into the into training? And is this now, because with, obviously with Brexit and everything, is Ireland now becoming an option for players to come in and get senior team experience playing in the League of Ireland? I think so, yeah. I mean... Um... It's it's becoming a little bit more uh, consistent in in recent years, isn't it? You know, you're seeing more foreign players and more players from the EU coming into the league. I suppose it's new now for the first division, isn't it? Um, it would have always kind of been your full time clubs bringing players in and hoping to unearth like a hidden gem. Uh, I have to say the three lads have settled really, really well. Um, they're living in Athlone, so it's obviously going to be a small change of culture for for them as well. Um, but look, yeah, t- three great young lads so far and so far so good in terms of their football ability um they, they really did stand out you know they played they played a game for us um earlier on in pre-season we, we played like an in-house game and they, they stood out so obviously martin um liked what he saw and and look we will try and gel as, as quick as possible now because the season's obviously starting starting this week you have a difficult opening series of games with Treaty, who were the surprise package last year. You've got Cork and Galway also in the mix of those fixtures. Do you think that from from a player's perspective, the first division has become a more competitive outlet than it has been in previous seasons? Oh, without a doubt, I suppose um, I'm only involved in the, in the first division the last two years, obviously, with Galway and at loan before that, I would have played the majority in, in the Premier but you can see that the, the standards have, have lifted massively. You know, you've now got more full-time clubs in the league. You've got players that, you know, I would have been playing consistently against in the Premier, now playing their football consistently in the first division, you know, so that says a lot about the league as well. Obviously, those same players are same uh, age bracket as myself. So, you know, you might you might drop through the uh, through the league that way. But it is definitely, look, the league has, has strengthened. I suppose last year was probably the most competitive season in terms of how many teams were were in the mix for that playoff spot. Like you said there, Treaty then came out of probably nowhere. The only people that might have thought they were they deserved it, not deserved, but like we're going to end up there were, were them themselves, maybe, do you know? So um it is, it's definitely competitive. And look, we've we've a big job to be competitive again this year. Looking back on your career, you know, you've had some some fantastic highlights. Has there been one you know, well, I'm not saying that you're going to retire anytime sooner, and than me, I'm not going to insult you. But has there been one that has really, really stood out for you? I think, like going back to, and as a few Dundalk heads, and this isn't there, but like <laughs> the Drogheda days for me really yeah. would stand out in terms of because of the success we had at the time. You know, we, we qualified for Europe, finished second in the league, won the EA Sports Cup, then the following season got to three cup finals. Now I know. Those three cup finals didn't end the way we wanted them to end. Yeah. I suppose if you ask a standout moment within all that would be that semi-final that we actually, you know, beat Dundalk and got to the final, got to the Aviva, got the club back to an FAI Cup final, which was a huge deal. And especially as well, because that was my first time as the number one keeper. I, I You know, I broke through it as the number one that season. 
and to have such a successful season was, was great for me. You know, um, I'm not going to say it's gone all downhill since, but um, <laughs> yeah. You know, if I, I had a couple of good years after that as well, you know, in particular 2015 and then the move back to Sligo, that first year of Sligo, I saw as a success as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but but if you were to ask a standout moment, that would probably be it, yeah. You pulled off, just to kind of go touch on that semi-final now, I'm not even going to start talking about the the incidents going down to time, men, but I just remember near close to the end of the game, Tina Mulvena broke through. Yeah. He was one on one with you and he hit an absolute it was it looked destined for that right top right hand corner. Your hand just tipped it over the bar. And I think that was just one of those those kind of sliding doors moments that it could have been a case that it could have gone through a replay. Who knows what would have happened? But you pulled the save off that got you into the final. Yeah, look again. I didn't think of it like that really at the time because that game—I don't know if you remember—it was it was a weird game where where two players oh. got sent off and and like apart from that moment at the end, I really had nothing to do because you know Dundalk sat back, tried to soak up any sort of pressure and just hit us on the break, which didn't really happen up until that moment. And like that, I was I was lucky, I suppose, to make that make that look uh, not lucky, but like I was you know appreciate making that save and um, and get and getting us to the to the final. Um, away from soccer, you've been involved in GA in various capacities. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you were involved with the Mayo ladies, uh, you know, uh, senior panel over the past couple of years. Is there any aspects, you know, to GA, you know, in terms of coaching and stuff like that, that you can, in your position in particular, that you can uh, kind of translate into your performances as, as a goalkeeper in the League of Ireland? Yeah, I think I suppose as a coach, I try and focus um, with the girls on those skill areas, you know, those tech techniques and, you know, catching the ball, kicking the ball and footwork and things like that, you know, being able to move as quickly as possible, being as powerful as possible and doing everything with, you know, correct technique so that when it comes to making a save, you make the save as easy as possible for yourself um, because you've, you've, you've practiced the skill so often, like... Um, other than that, I think, you know, the, the games are very, very different in terms of the actions that you complete tr throughout yeah. the game, especially when I went back, you know, I did I did actually struggle um, to get to grips with, with GA again because there was so much kicking. You're kicking a different ball. It's a different weight. You know, um, the game is different. The different moving parts happen within the game. Um, obviously, the, the action of striking a ball from A to B is the same, but it's it's where and when and, and you know, when to do it and when not to do it. So that was the stuff that I all... That, that I would have picked up throughout that year. And I have to say that year was probably one of the best things that happened, you know, after the kind of the the downer of, of having to leave Sligo, um, not by my own choice and, you know, having to move back home and not be involved in the League of Ireland. You know, I didn't have a club to go to because, like I said, when I, when I did hope to go to Bray, they couldn't sign me because they were under restrictions. So I missed out on, on a full half, half or half a season of, of football there. And the timing of, of that Gaelic move probably came at a good time for me. And it just kind of rekindled all that professionalism stuff and mindset and all that. Because I have to say, like these lads that that play Gaelic football, especially in Mayo, and the standard of the standard of professional, what I say is, is just so high. Um I, I took a lot away from it and, and I'm trying to bring a lot of that back. I, I tried to bring a lot of it back to Galway when I went there and then now with that loan as well. Finally, your hopes and aspirations, if I'm not mistaken, this is your 13th season in, in and around League of, you know, League of Ireland football. Your hopes and aspirations for this year. <laughs> well, it's funny, actually. Uh, I think I made my debut against uh, against Bohemians in 2009. Yeah. And the first game of the season now will be against uh, Waterford with, with uh, Brian Murphy there again. So... Um, that'll be that'll be nice. I I, I kind of think about these things a bit like those little those little things. I think he's doing better to be still playing than I am. Thirteen years later, but um, yeah, look, I suppose from from our from our targets and our aspirations for the season, we need to be competitive again. Um, I think it's the same as last year, where we where we just need to build on the year before. So the year before, we we definitely accomplished that last year, but now it's time to kick on again. Um, that would mean probably you know. Being in being in the shot for a, a playoff spot towards the end of the season, it's going to be even harder again this year with, with the teams in the in the league. The amount of full time teams, um, the way the teams have I suppose recruited this off season as well. It's just, it's just it's going to be hard, but it's going to be a challenge that we're well up for. Hopefully, we can come in under the radar a bit and go about our business in a way maybe similar to what Treaty done last year, and uh, 
we'll see where we are then at the end of the season. We'll probably just have to take it game by game and, and phase by phase. Listen, Michal, thank you very much for your uh, your presence here this evening and for coming on to the show. Very, very best of luck for the season and hopefully we'll cross paths at some stage during the course of the year. Please, God, yeah. Thanks a million and I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. Now we will speak to one of our reporters from Final Whistle.ie. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Dermot Carney who will speak to us about how he feels the League of Ireland is going to shape up this season, both in the Premier Division and the First Division. Uh, Dermot, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Uh, Dermot, the off-season was a little less quiet than usual in some respects, but there were some managerial moves. We're going to start with um, St. Patrick's Athletic. They looked very, very impressive against uh, Shamrock Rovers last Friday night. You know, they were very unlucky to lose the President's Cup. Are they going to be there or thereabouts to challenge Shamrock Rovers again this year? Uh, I reckon they will, you know. I reckon they, they will still have the chance. Now, it is dubbed the greatest league in the world, so you don't really know what can happen at the best of times. Um, I, I think Shamrock Rovers do look like they have that pedigree and uh, the squad depth to do it again this year. In terms of saying, Pats, I think they'll be there, thereabouts. Um, whether they can regain a good run of form now, whether they can take what they've learned from the last night and put it into practice this year and try and challenge Rovers for the title, it will be it will be tough. Like, there's no there's no doubt in saying that, but um, it is hard to predict. Uh, you know, I, they were looking strong last year and then they ended up fading away toward the end and Rovers, of course, picked up their title again. So it's, it is tough to call. I think there will, there will be a contender, but I don't know if there will be the main contender to Rovers uh, this year or not. One of the teams that I've picked... To, to really kind of go for a promotion or for not a promotion push, but a you know to really kind of move on to that next level is Derry City. They've recruited extremely well. They've been very quiet in their recruitment as well. It's just been there's been while there's been noise from outside of Derry inside. It's been quite quiet. They've done really well in the in the off season. Rory Higgins, I think, has gotten the balance right. Do you think realistically he has an opportunity to bring the title to foil side, or is it just that maybe just that a little bit too soon? I reckon he, he does, you know, I reckon he does have that that um that challenge in him this year. I mean, last year Derry were they had a horrific start to the to the season and then he came in and, and he steadied the ship and he got them he got them to, to finish near the top of the table and you know it wasn't talked about uh, at the start of last year with Derry anyway. And bringing in the likes of Michael Duffy and the McElhaney brothers, like you couldn't ask for a better better acquisitions in in the summer transfer window to bring you into a new season or the off season or whatever kind of window you want to call it. But he's he's definitely they definitely look strong. Um, you know, there's a great history of of football up up in Derry, and I'm sure there will be plenty of rumblings around that camp this year that maybe they could be the the contenders. They were the ones who I was looking at, to be honest, that would probably be the best challenge for Shamrock Rovers this year and if they can put what they learned last year into practice definitely they'll be they'll be comfortably at the top this year for sure I think also the acquisition of a player the quality of of Will Patching and, and Cameron mm. Dunnigan I know there's four lads essentially who have gone from Dundalk but what they bring to the table is that you know McElhenney and Duffy especially league winning title and European experience as does Cameron Dunnigan um, Will Patching scored a vital goal in Europe last year all of that builds up to, but the style of football that those lads play is mirrored to what Rory Higgins wants from his side as well. Yeah, that that's definitely true. I mean, you know, they were they were a bit hard done by last year in Europe, and then they took it back into the league, and they looked they did look strong and comfortable. Now Rory's no stranger to the league; he knows the ins and outs. He knows Derry. He's definitely a, a passionate manager, to say the least. We've seen that numerous times last year as well. Uh, you know, you you do mention Dundalk as well. You know, they didn't have a great season last year, but new owners and a couple of changes in the squad, they could look like contenders as well. They might surprise a few this year um, as well as that. But for me, it's probably Derry looking the most comfortable to challenge for the title. But anything can happen in this league. We've seen it numerous times at this stage. One of the newcomers um, promoted last year and they've changed manager as well is Shelburne. Um, Damien Duff is their new manager. You know, he was, he, a bit like Rory Higgins, was part of a section of Stephen Kenny's Republic of Ireland setup. Um, you know, he's he's played under some fantastic managers. You know, he, he wants to promote, obviously, a good footballing side. But does he necessarily, 
from his recruitment have the players to do that at the moment or will it take maybe a year to stay in the Premier Division then for him to build on? Um, I reckon he, he might be given the year. I think I don't see them being a mid-table to a top-table side straight away. Like They might struggle. I know you have the likes of UCD and Harps who are probably going to be challenging for that relegation spot. You know, Harps have been there, thereabouts over the last number of years, to be honest, around the foot of the table. Like definitely being, you know, if he brings in young, younger lads, Damien Duff, a lot of people have watched Damien Duff play in the Premier League. They've watched him play for the Republic of Ireland as well. He's definitely a man that can give that experience. Whether he can take it from the field into the dressing room now is going to be a completely different thing. As you mentioned, he has been as part of backroom staff as well. He's been a coach, assistant manager, and everything like that. But has he has he got the pedigree of of um, a top tier manager? I believe he does. I think he can steer Shelburne um, in the right direction. But I think they might find it tough at the start. But you know, I definitely wouldn't rule them out to to stay away, to stay in the, the division this year for sure. I don't think they'll they'll face the wooden spoon and be back in the first division yet uh, next year. While it's easier for me to speak on Dundalk, obviously, <laughs> um, you know, but I want your opinion. There's been a lot of changes off the pitch. The departure of Pete Six Investments that's back into local ownership with Statsports and um, Andy Conley of Fast Fix. They brought in Stevie O'Donnell um, as their new manager. Would you say that Stephen O'Donnell, while he was arguably their most successful captain that the club has ever had, could it be a case that he could replicate what Stephen Kenny did with Dundalk in a, in a new form? Um, there's definitely a, a chance for it. I mean, you know, you've seen it in in different um, in different leagues where a captain has come in and he has you know taken part of his old club and steadied the ship and whatever. But I believe that you know he does have that fan base in Dundalk he can definitely get the supporters behind him I know there has been a lot of unrest with the Dundalk support over the last number of years with the the owners that they had they didn't want them anymore and then someone like O'Donnell comes in now they're under different ownership it's the fans now it's one of those um similar to what Cork City have done as well mm-hmm. you know it's if he can get the players behind him if he can get the rub of the green and make sure that you know I suppose everything goes his way. There's no injuries or anything like that. I believe he could definitely steady the ship. I was in the off season. I was quietly looking at Dundalk. It has to be said of those, mm-hmm. you know, last year everyone was kind of saying, "Oh, it looks like Dundalk are dead and buried after after their performance last year. They mightn't be as dominant as what they once were." But in the off season, they made a few little moves that you know they could, especially bringing in the new manager that. It wouldn't be surprising if Dundalk are challenging again next year or this year. Sorry, it depends on um, if they can just get it together and if his tactics can work. Or you know, it all, it all depends on on how we see them play on Friday or whatever way they work out for the season. You know, the other promoted side is UCD. They got up uh, via the the playoff, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Andy Myler's side have gotten plenty of plaudits. You know, for their for their style of football and the manner they they have lost players, as has been the form with UCD in many many years. Can they hold their own, or is it going to be, as you said, a wooden spoon and maybe a swift exit back down to the down to the first division? It is going to be tough for for UCD, as you said. Like they they are constantly that you know it's like a revolving door of a team. They're you know can they bring the same as what they brought last year I don't think so when they're coming up against the likes of a, a Shamrock Rovers Bohemians those type of teams who have strengthened definitely this window it is to be said you know will they be a bit like Longford last year and you're sure they are going to be the relegation threatened from nearly from the off but yeah, look they have they have an experienced team there a manager who's definitely going to get the best out of these players and whether they can challenge and try and get out of there and maybe do the opposite of how they got up into the division, actually win the, the relegation playoff against whoever comes up in the first division. It's going to be tough. Um, you know, someone like Ollie Horgan, Finn Harps has been there before. He knows what relegation is like. He knows how to get out of, out of a relegation battle. So it's going to be, it, they're definitely going to be testing them this year. Whether they can do it now is to be said, but it's definitely going to be a learning experience for the majority of that panel. If we can turn our attention to the first division, um, starting with 
Cork City has Colin Healy. He's recruit. He's done an awful lot of recruitment again, um, in the off season. Do you think Colin is finally getting that little Midas touch that he he could go for that promotion push this year? I believe he has. Now it, it is going to be tough again for Cork, as in you know they have they really didn't do as well as they wanted to last year. Um, the Colin Healy's is. Definitely a manager who's well known in Cork, and he's brought in a good few players that can definitely challenge. Um, I've seen them down in Clarny when they were playing Clarny Celtic. They looked like a strong team. They brought in a few familiar faces. They've got a good few young lads coming up as well. Um, I believe they're they're definitely going to challenge for for the um, for the top of the table. They could end up becoming league winners in the end, but it all depends on whether they can put what they've learned into practice. If whether if these new acquisitions either sink or swim is going to be a, a learning curve for them but they do have definitely four or five players who could definitely get them into promotion should they just get the results going their way this season Trinity United came into the league last year and there was uh, you know there's a lot of articles about him that the fact that he assembled a squad they they've you know they they ran on dog very very close in the FEI Cup they they were just outside the playoffs if I'm not mistaken um, once again, do you think that they're they're another side that could that could get promoted via the playoffs? Is that realistically where their target is this year? Because Limerick is just a hotbed of of football. It's it's always been, and anytime you go down there, you just know how how impressive they can be. Yeah, they've been like the, it was a Cinderella story last year when they came into it and they turned around and. I think they assembled the squad in three days uh, between when they got the, the go-ahead from the FAI to say, yeah, you're a team now. Uh, they got their squad together. They assembled whatever they could. Um, Tommy Barris was the manager again. He was the manager at Limerick. He'd done his level best at Limerick as well. And then he turned around and they made the playoff semifinals. And don't think anyone expected it last year. Now, they've lost a good few players to, to Premier Division clubs. Um, I know Ty Ryan, who was phenomenal in goal for them last year, has left. They have made a couple of smart acquisitions, though, um, in what they've done. I believe that they definitely have it. As you said, Limerick is definitely a hotbed of football. Back when they were Limerick FC, the support down there in the markets field was massive. When they were at home on a Friday night under the lights, it was something to behold. So... Hopefully, with the younger lads coming in, you'll see it. But look, yeah. Now, the other sites that we have to, you know, kind of look at. One of them that I've seen already this season, they look absolutely very, very impressive. I know it's pre-season and stuff like that, but Waterford under Ian Morris, they will be very much a side that feel that, without getting into the policy of the situation, they probably feel very hard done by that they're in the first division. Um, they, they lost in the semi-final. I've just been informed that it was treated they made the semi-finals and playoffs this year. So for a first season, that was absolutely excellent. In relation to in relation to uh, Waterford, they're going to be. It's got, it looks like it's going to, it could be a battle down in the in the in the south of the country for that automatic promotion spot, if not the playoffs. Yeah, you know, no no team wants to lose the promotion relegation playoff, and Waterford were kind of there thereabouts last year. And you were thinking, you know, look, will they stay up? Will they go down? And then they lost to UCD in the end. Now, they've kept, when I was looking at them, I was kind of saying, right, what's going to happen to Waterford now in the offseason? Are they going to lose a lot of their bigger names to Premier Division clubs? Um, but they've managed to hold on to a lot of players. They're, they're definitely an experienced team in their own right. They're, they will be kicking themselves that they're not in the top flight again this year. Um you know, we've seen it a lot last year where they, they were testing a lot of teams and they're definitely there, thereabouts. Um, whether it's going to be a case of they're just going to run home with it this year, I doubt they will find it that easy. Um, I think it might take a while for them to try and get a little bit of a momentum shift going in there, but they're definitely one team to watch. Um, you do have the likes of, you know, if you look at Treaty, Watford and Cork, three Munster teams that are looking very, very strong. Uh, one of them, I think, will get out of the division, but it's going to be a hard, hard one to call in the end, to be honest. And Ian Morris's manager, you know, he, he got his Shelburne side promoted and then all of once again, got, uh, got you know, there was a managerial change there. Do you think he has a point to prove as well that if he's given the the backing by Richard Forrest that he could um, he could prove a lot of doubters wrong getting them promoted and keeping them in the Premier Division next year if given the time? 
Yeah, I, I think Ian is a fantastic manager. I was actually mm-hmm. yeah. surprised to see him go down again. I was thought, you know, he did so well with Shelburne last year. I was like, you know, he's he's going to come in, he's going to steer Shelburne. Then he left. Damien Duff came in there. I was like, going, okay. Then he was announced by Waterford, and I went, that's a perfect move for Waterford. You've just been relegated back down. It's first division. Who else but the manager who won us the year before you went down to steady the ship again? He's definitely, he does have a point to prove whether he can do it again with Waterford is going to be a tough one to call but if he can get there and get him into the Premier Division make a couple of more smart moves come that transfer window depending on who, who becomes available it's hard to call contracts and everything like that who seems to be a revolving door for teams around the, the League of Ireland where mm-hmm. players kind of move here and there to be honest with you um, but yeah he's definitely a manager that should be in the Premier Division and whether he can get them up there it's going to be a very interesting story down on uh, down on Waterford to see if he can get them back up again. One of the most unusual stories I say from the first division has been the acquisition or the merger between Cabin Teeley and Bray. Um, it seems that Cabin Teeley are the kind of the how would you say the the name holders, so to speak. But then they're playing in the Carlisle grounds. It's it's an unusual story and it seems that every couple of years Bray seems to rear their head that there's something happens with Bray, but this looks to be a merger that will see the development of football in that kind of south of Dublin, north of Wicklow region. And hopefully it'll it'll reap rewards because Cabin TV, by all extensive uh, purposes, are a, a very good uh, side for emerging talent. Is it a case of merging an established club like Bray with emerging talent like Cabin TV to make the, the perfect combination? Because it seemed that the two of them as a single entities couldn't uh, sustain a position in the League of Ireland. Yeah, you know, Cabinteely struggled last year in the first division. Bray were mid-table. They weren't, you know, they weren't the the best team in the division by far, but they were definitely there, thereabouts. Um, hopefully when you merge, merging two teams together, we've rarely seen it happen before. We've seen districts coming into the League of Ireland, especially at youth level. We've seen, you know, mergers of different teams. Whether it'll be a success story is going to be a hard one because we've never seen it before. Um, Bray have been there, thereabouts, but they haven't really shone in the division for the last number of years. Cabin Teeley, the same. They haven't really gotten the rub of the green. They've, you know, they've gotten their bouts in the cups. They've, you know, they've developed a little bit of a run, but they haven't really came home with any silverware. Um, but... They have, you know, they have Pat Devlin as well there. And he's definitely someone who, you know, if you want to, to merge two teams together, having him there in a director of football role or whatever you want to call his, his role there, to be honest, at the ship, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting story whether they can, you know, can you put two teams who have struggled together and get a success story out of them? Stranger things have happened in the division. Um, but I don't see them... This year, I don't see them challenging for promotion, but I think if they are developing, they could be a they could be two three years. But if they can develop the local talent in that area and just get a pool of players together, I believe they could be a strong team in the next few years. Anyway, for sure. Wexford are a side that there's been a, a lot of praise for Ian Ryan since he's going in as manager of 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 the the southeast club. Do you think that? Um, well, you know, I say. From, from a personal perspective, I think maybe they're just that little bit short or a little bit light at the moment. But as you said, stranger things are happening. You know, they look like a side, well, with Ian Ryan at the helm, a very experienced player and a very and, and a very good manager by all intents and purposes. They could be a side that could be a little bit of a surprise package this year. They could, you know, as, as I have said, stranger things have happened. Now, Wexford haven't really got going over the last number of years. They have struggled. They've not really... You know, done much to be honest. Now, you know, a, a good manager coming in, if he can, you know, get a group of players together, bring up a few emerging talents. You know, anything can come out of a youth academy. He might be able to get something there if he can get an established starting eleven, no injuries, be able to hold on to those players and get them the best out of them. Definitely, they could. I don't think they. Based on what their squad is looking like at the moment, I don't think they have the 
the challenge in them of a Cork, Waterford, Galway or Treacy. I don't think, I think they'll be the, the top four sides in the division. Um, now, whether Wexford could could claim a massive scalp is going to be an interesting one. You know, they've taken them down to the southeast. It could be an interesting one, whether they could bring um, a Cork or a Galway down there and manage to nab a point or, or two there, whatever. But, you know, it's, I don't think, I don't think Wexford have enough in them, but like I said, stranger things have happened. They could be a mid-table side, but um, do you know whether Atlone or Longford can do better than them this year is going to be an interesting one. That just—they're actually my next uh, next club to look at. Really, is is Longford Town? Um, they've had a change in manager as well. They've you know signed quite well in the in the mid in the postseason. They're a side that got promoted via the playoffs. They really, really struggled, unfortunately, in the Premier Division last year. I mean, Longford, in my opinion, is a club that has a hotbed of... It's it's just an untapped source at the moment. It just, unfortunately, I think one of, the, one of its biggest downfalls is that it's not actually in the town of Longford, the ground. Mm-hmm. It's very, very kind of far out. But in saying that, they have uh, a very passionate support. They're a, they're a, a community based in in regard that it's it's very much run by volunteers, and they seem to be very passionate about their club. But do you think at this moment in time they need to maybe now? I'm probably going to get shot by a couple of Longford fans for saying this, but do they need to stay in the in the first division maybe for a year or two before going for that big promotion push again? Um, I believe so. You know, like it, it's very difficult for a team to get relegated and bounce back straight away. Now you have mentioned there, a new manager comes in and they get another team with a new manager. In, the former player, it, it, mm-hmm. and James Keddy is coming in as the, the assistant manager. So it's like Ian Keddy, James Keddy, I, I know him from his, from his time as a player. He's very, very successful. Gary Cronin's a former player. It's, it's, it's a good management combination, but I'm just thinking that, you know, this boom to bus model might not work for them in that regard. Yeah, you know, if you don't have the the quality on the pitch, that's that's where it's going to be at the end of the day, you know. And if they can, you know, last year wasn't wasn't the best year for them. Now, as you mentioned, their their support, even when they were, you know, they were confirmed for relegation, you saw them playing, and their support was was great. They have a great set of supporters. Um, it is going to be. A learning curve for them you you know dropping down again whether they can you know you saw it with cork when cork got relegated down they struggled are they going to be similar i don't think they have made as big signings as they would have hoped just to try and get them back up um but it, it's going to be tough for them i would maybe give them a year to two to try and get their feet again and see if they can establish themselves again a little bit better but um i think that going down the division now the, the teams that have been in there already that are coming back into it have their homework done a bit more. They know, okay, we're going into the division again next year. We know what to do. They have strengthened a bit better. So I don't think they will. They will be top four, top five. I think they might, they might struggle again this year, but it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks just to see how the league plays off at the start, to be honest. Okay, I'm going to go through some quick predictions with you. Winner of the Premier Division. Just quick fire. Shamrock Rovers. I First cannot division. see it. Um, Galway. Forgot about Galway. They, <laughs> all this talk, I completely forgot about them. Uh, 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 John Caulfield's very, very passionate man. You know that from, from your time in, uh, at Cork, and I know him as mm. well. Those Titanic battles, himself and Stephen Kenny. Um, I think having Conor McCormick there is a huge coup as well. So they'll they'll definitely, I think they're a dark horse. Um, FEI Cup winners. I don't think there's an EA Sports Cup this year. So FEI Cup winners. Um, I'm going to go on a long shot and say Bohemians. My money's on Derry. Mm. Yeah, my money's on yeah, Derry. I, I they, like, they like winning the Cup. Yeah, I don't think it would be a league and cup double for for Shamrock Rovers. I think it'll be one of the other teams. Um, but if it could, you know, if it was a, a Rovers Bohemians derby in the final, that'd be an interesting one. But definitely, it all depends on the cup run. You know, if if uh, if a team like Derry or or Bowes are maybe seven eight points off and they're not going to chase a team like Shamrock Rovers, definitely they could focus on the cup. It all depends on what way the league plays out. Um, yeah, they're definitely not wrong with Derry. It, it looks. No. 
definitely looks like um, a cup could end up on uh, on their uh, their neck of the woods fairly shortly, to be honest. Surprise package of the year. Who's going to be the surprise package team? Or mm. oh, that's a tough I, one. I was going to say Dundalk when I was talking to them earlier. When I was mentioning about mm. them earlier, um, you know, everyone rolled off uh, last year coming in this year. You know, have they done enough? I think they have. I think they've definitely got a good club model going ahead now to challenge for that, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I would say Dundalk as well, but that'd be me <laughs> being biased. I just I just want Cork back promoted so that I can I can make my trips back down to Turner's Cross. I always miss those trips. Uh, surprise, Pat. Uh, I've already done that. So, player of the season. In the Premier Division, it's going to be an interesting one between maybe... Jack Byrne and Graham Burke as to who from Shamrock Rovers is going to be the standout. If you can get the two of them together in a team firing, it's it's going to be curtains for the majority of the teams they come up against. They are just sensational players to watch. You know, when you know Rovers had the title wrapped up last year and even before the season finished, they had already stamped their intent for the next year by bringing in one of the league's best exports of the last number of years. And they've also got Richie Towle in there as well. Um definitely Jack Bourne coming back if he can light up the league like he did a number of years ago definitely he would be my standout player of the season to be honest just to let you know that there is a new initiative that has been launched today where every League of Ireland team uh, can enter the Bank of Ireland Healthy Football League. What this is, is that the immediate event was launched today at Dailyman Park with uh, Bank of Ireland Healthy Football League ambassadors Rob Heffernan and a number of League of Ireland players. This will see fans downloading the app and through their whatever device that they have, they're able to sync their activity during the course of the week. They're able to earn points and points go towards their clubs. So there's going to be an initiative to see who's going to be the fittest of the League of Ireland clubs in terms of their fans. Let's just hope the players' stat sports, uh, uh, how would you say, their yokes aren't put on to it uh, during the course, of the course of the season. Listen, we're going to go on to our next segment, which is an announcement on FinalWhistle.e, which is going to be around the grounds on Final Whistle. Dermot, it's a new initiative. We're going to be reporting live on the spot at Reaction at full time. It's an exciting venture for us. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting. It's going to be something that we, we haven't done before. It's going to be you know, straight after the, the final whistle, on final whistle, you know, with the, the clues in the name with us, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I'll be ended up presenting it. We'll have all our different reporters then at the grounds. We'll be chatting to them uh, to get the full-time reaction then as the whistle goes. So, it'll be interesting. Uh, definitely, we'll have, you know, if anyone wants to, to pay attention to it, it's definitely going to be on our social channels anyway on the on the night in question. So um, we're going to be starting a Friday and uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season and we're going to be looking forward to, to presenting all of the um, the information to uh, League of Ireland supporters across the country and the, the world, in fact, to be honest. It's, it's a new initiative, as we were saying, but I don't think it's something that really has been touched on. I think it's an important thing that people kind of want immediate reaction and immediate information straight away so for us to be able to give that from a journalistic perspective is it's quite interesting yeah you know it's it's, uh to have that report immediately at full time that people can be you know they're sat in their seat uh coming out of the ground say you're at uh shamrock rovers and ucd on on friday night oh they're at eight o'clock so you know their kickoff is it's going to be a little bit later. They can come on and be like, "Okay, we're you know we're halfway through now. Here we go on, and you know we're we're t- we're checking out the results. You're watching the lads talk away about the the results from the night. You're able to get your information nice and quick, and it's there on your phone. Everyone can have it. So it's a great initiative that's uh, that we're going to have for the next year anyway. Uh, just to go through the fixtures, starting with the Premier Division, Shelburne versus St Patrick's Athletic at Dublin Derby straight away. Then we have. Dundalk versus Derry City. Shamrock Rovers uh, take on promoted UCD. Finn Harps have got a tricky tie against Drogheda United and Sligo Rovers versus Bohemians. Dermot, is there a game in any of those that particularly stand out? Uh, for me, it would definitely be Dundalk and Derry. I know what I was talking about them when we were looking at the season ahead. They look like two two title contenders. Um, that's definitely my... You know my standout fixture from the from the calendar for the Premier Division anyway to start things off. Um, it's definitely a tricky 
first game for Damien Duff at Shelburne. He's definitely up against it, as are UCD coming up against the the title holders and Shamrock Rovers. Um, I don't think they will find it easy going to start things off, but um, definitely the game between Dundalk and Derry is going to be um, a very interesting tie between two title contenders, European contenders, definitely. Go ahead this year. And in relation to the first division, we've got Wexford versus Treaty United. We've got Bray Wanderers versus Cork City, Athlone versus Waterford, and then Longford versus Cove Ramblers. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Bray Wanderers, Cavantini, I'm, I think I've, I'm, I've got my mind's got a blank as to who is the is the buy who's got their buy this week. But um, in relation to it would be Galway, if I'm not mistaken, it would be Galway that have got their buy this week. Um, the game that sticks out for me in relation to that is Bray Wanderers versus Cork City. Cork have a tricky tie up to up to Wicklow, but it would be interesting to see because Longford, or uh, sorry, but that Bray have recruited very very well. So it'd be interesting to see how Colin Heaney's side fare against them. And um, it's going to be a tricky tie altogether. But the, the, looking at those games, they're all going to be very very competitive. Yeah, it's definitely a, a very competitive opening opening weekend in the first division. There's no ties where I see a, a standout winner, to be honest. There were you know, there's no minnows going up against a team that are definitely going to be there thereabouts for this season ahead. Um I don't think there will be too many shocks on Friday night, but you know, it all depends on, you know, treat United going up to Wexford. Can they come away with the three points and build on what they did last year? As you mentioned there, Colin Healy taking his team up to up to Bray. Are they going to come home with the win as well? You know, it's going to be a tough one, but definitely a team like Galway, who aren't going to be playing this weekend, will be keeping a tight eye on the results and just seeing how the teams perform on the opening night before they they take to the field in a week's time. Do you think with the fact that they're going to be able to access kind of certain games through, you know, the match passes and one thing, another that you said that they're going to keep an eye on things, it's... I'm not going to say it's an unfair advantage, but in some respects, it gives them an indication of how teams are set up and they've been given, uh, so they'll be able to go into the game fully prepared next week. Yeah, you know, t- tactical analysis and all that was um, was prominent in the league even before COVID, but now that we have the facilities where you can watch any game uh, via the streams and be able to watch it on playback as well, it's going to be huge for every team, um, especially Galway now. They can have all, all the games available to them um, John Caulfield can watch it back he can analyse when they're going into their first game they can see okay this is how they played this is how they lined up shape wise you know can we see you know where to exploit them where were they where were this team doing well as where they were doing bad you know it's um, it's definitely evolved in the league over the last few years but we were seeing it before but more so with COVID the, the ability to watch those streams has led to a lot more advancements in the analysis side of it and definitely the coaches will be getting their their money's worth out of it for sure this year that's absolutely brilliant Dermot very best of luck and I'll see you definitely I'll be talking to you on Friday and that's all we have for this week's programme my thanks to Drata United's Dane Massey Athlone Times Michal Schligerman and Dermot who has been a fantastic correspondent on FinalWhistle.ie with me my producer Conine Duffy and Breffney Aria and wherever you are this weekend following your League of Ireland club whether it's Ballybuffet or Ferran Carrick enjoy every second as every single League of Ireland club dares to dream for 2022 take care and we'll see you next week <laughs>